Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Hope you enjoyed the weekend. It is the Monday edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And uh, it's been a minute, but uh, this guy is back here joining me as my special guest co-host for the day. None other than uh, my partner on the television coverage of Rainbow Warrior Football via Spectrum Sports pay-per-view. He is our... uh, Football guru, as we like to refer to him, uh, but also now perhaps a resident rugby guru. <laughs> Rich Miano is here. What's up, Rich? How you doing? Yeah, I just flew in late last night, man. My son, you know, rugby has become like my third or fourth favorite sport as I understand it and appreciate it more and more. But anyway, the San Diego Legion, who had the best record in the history of Major League Rugby, they had the longest winning streak, the best point differential, heavily favored to beat the New England Free Jacks in Chicago, <laughs> Chi-Town. They end up losing 25-24, so my son does not get that coveted ring in championship. But uh, I was impressed by Chicago's infrastructure. Had a good time, but man, I wanted my son to win a championship. Yeah, so just to clarify, if you want to uh, extrapolate a little bit on the um, uh, the the role that your son plays with the team. Yeah, and people, he he's my son plays rugby, but not for that team at that level. He is a marketing coordinator, so he's drinking through a fire hose and he's <laughs> doing the social media. He's doing the regular media. He's doing everything for uh, for up and coming organization up and coming team and just loving life great ownership great facilities the, the whole thing and, and there's some billionaire owners coming into this league and hopefully rugby will grow like it is in terms of internationally because they have a player on their team named Ma'a Nonu who we had breakfast with yesterday this is an international superstar a little bit aging but at the same time hopefully rugby will become like soccer's becoming lacrosse is growing it's a phenomenal sport and I think in Hawaii it's appreciated are you like understanding the the, the nuances and ins and outs and strategies uh, of this sport now? I mean, you are a guy who, you know, I, I've, I've sat next to you watching and, and calling football games, and so you are a guy who gets very granular in how you observe sports. How has rugby become that for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm learning it, and I wouldn't call... I, there's some plays and situations. It's a fast-moving game. It's a violent game. It's a strategic game that I, I don't know why certain things have happened. So I try to sit next to players, parents, people that have played the game, listen to broadcast, watch Fox Sports, all of these things to learn. Social media is teaching me rugby, but uh, I'm trying to learn, but I'll be honest with you. I... The more I learn, the more I appreciate it, but I've got a long way to go. Yeah. What do you like about the sport, though? I mean, like, what is it? What What do you think? Because it has started to catch on more. And obviously, you have a lot of players of Polynesian ancestry uh, who have either, you know, gone on to play at the University of Hawaii or other uh, Division One college football programs who kind of got their introduction to that kind of sport through rugby. Even when you were coaching at Kaiser, you had a couple of rugby stars that kind of did the, the transition to the game of football uh, here as, as as they started to explore those potential collegiate options. And so there's obviously going to be some strands of familiarity uh, by virtue of the skill sets that are required for those two sports, but uh, it is still very different. 
Yeah, it is. And when I retired from playing professional football in 1995, I was asked almost every year to join rugby leagues here in Hawaii. (laughs) And my thought was, I'm not playing any sport that's that violent for no money. And, you know, as I was aging, but the appreciation goes from the speed, the contact, the violence, the strategy, all of those things combined with what I think is the most phenomenal thing about it, how after the game, the two teams get together, they'll have some beer, they'll have some you know good times together, and just the sportsmanship and the overall camaraderie and how it's a worldwide game. And they have the sevens, which is phenomenal. Yeah. They have the 15s, which is unbelievable. And when the R- Rugby World Cup comes to the United States in 2031, it is the third most watched event in all of sports. Olympics being one, uh, two, soccer World Cup being one, and rugby is phenomenally worldwide. And, and certainly one of the sporting events, uh, you talk about some of the international tournaments and events that, that occur, like one of those sporting events that I think if and when this new Aloha Stadium project is built absolutely would be a natural Huge. fit. One of the the main targets I think initially is, hey, let's try to bring some of these massive rugby the tournaments Blacks. here. Yeah, I mean, you have them up in Vegas, you have them up in other uh, areas. It's like it, should be, it should be here uh, in the islands because of its bridge to some of the other parts of of Polynesia and, and other parts of the Pacific Rim. So, uh, yeah, really, really cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, best to your son, uh, Kupa'a, for uh, what was a tremendous run here this season and looking forward to, um, you know, the future for him. He also looks like he could play on the team <laughs> if he really wanted to. The guy's in incredible shape. Yeah, he's gotten strong. He's gotten fast. He loves the game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable to see the maturation of my son, both physically and mentally. All right. So Rich Miano, our resident football slash rugby guru, is in the house. <laughs> is the number to call. You can also text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Um, You know, it's, it's, you, you talk about timing and, and, and it's always wonderful to have you here no matter what the circumstances are. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you being here also opens the door for us to talk about something very sad that occurred here recently. And that was the very recent loss of one of the all-time greats to ever play at the University of Hawaii running back Gary Allen, who died at the age of 63 due to heart failure. This was just this past Saturday. He was at his home uh, in Los Angeles and uh, you played with him, what? three seasons at the University of Hawaii? Yeah, I overlapped with Gary for like three seasons. That was Jesse Sapolu, Mark Tuine, I mean, just some great, of those great, great players and great teams that used to play the Oklahomas, the Nebraskas, the USC's, 50,000 people. And there was no greater athlete in terms of speed, quickness, uh, the ability to make people miss, punt returner, kick returner, guy out of the backfield. This guy was 10 years before the NFL was looking for that Christian McCaffrey type of running back. Gary Allen is a legend, was a legend, and I'll tell you what, he had this effervescence. He had this persona. When you got around him, he was just the sweetest man. Yeah, that, I mean, that's everybody who talks about him. That's where they start, right? Despite his incredible skill set on the football field and, and the numbers, uh, you know, in four seasons through 1981, he set UH's career record of, of 3,451 rushing yards, ran for nearly 100 yards against uh, eventual national champ USC as a freshman, over 1,000 yards as a sophomore. I mean, this guy was incredible. You mentioned stylistically he was a little bit more of the diminutive scat back, which wasn't necessarily that pervasive or, or as, as frequent 
frequently seen as certainly the modern era or as time evolved since that time. Uh, it was much more about like the big power, almost fullback style uh, players in the backfield. Uh, he was different, but that's not where people start when they talk about him. They talk about the, a guy who just was always smiling, who was just always in a great mood, who just brought so much sort of brightness and light into every room uh, you know, through which he walked. And, and I think that's that's saying a lot, you know. I, you 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 feel a lot about the 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 impact of a person by how they are described. Unfortunately, we do a lot of this reflection after we lose people, and it would be a much better world if we spent a lot more time talking about how much these people meant to us while they're still with us. But that said, you 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 get a, a real sense and idea of of the essence of a person when people talk about them after we've lost them, and everybody to a man has spoken about this guy just being a wonderful personality. Really an ambassador of University of Hawaii football, that rainbow era, and would wear the rainbows and be proud of that. And, you know, every single alumni game, whether that was in San Jose or was at UNLV or some of these road trips, whatever else, Gary Allen, Rick Nakashima, Daryl Williams, I mean, there would be that whole busload that would go to anywhere just to be around the alumni, just yeah. to be around former players. And you would see Gary with that smile on his face and David Tala'umu and all of these guys, but everybody knew that Gary was the greatest player of that generation. They also knew that he was one of the best people and funnest guys to be around. And so it was just, he was inviting. He wasn't yeah. one of those guys where you were nervous about going up to him because he's going to give you the, not only the time of the day, but he's going to show love and aloha. Yeah, I mean, you know, restaurateur Rick Nakashima, of course, of Ruby Tuesday, we know him well. And I feel a lot for him because uh, he takes such pride in the friendships that he's uh, built. And Gary Allen was one of them. Uh, and you mentioned that, that bus ride from Los Angeles Angeles to Las Vegas whenever the University of Hawaii football team plays in Vegas. And guess where uh, Hawaii is playing this season in that series? They're playing in Las Vegas. And so that bus ride, that chartered bus ride is going to take place. But this is going to be the first time in a very long time that Gary Allen will not be a part of that. So there's going to be an added layer of emotion on the periphery. Maybe the, the players and coaches with the team currently, even though there, there will be some knowledge and reflection of past history, because Timmy Chang and this coaching staff, I think, are pretty big on that. That kind of stuff, uh, but on the periphery of that, those who will be in attendance, those who will be at some of the events leading up to that game, that's where this is really going to be felt, I think, this upcoming year. Yeah, and Timmy's doing a better job than uh, any previous coach that I can remember, and I can go back a long way in terms of bringing the alumni back together. We've had all these video calls and Zooms and all these other different types of things to bring uh, these people back in the program. This should be, you know, not necessarily maybe Gary's number on the helmet all year long, whatever else, but at least an alumni recognition when we go back to Vegas, because I think people really loved Gary Allen and then some of us didn't get a chance to say goodbye. But I know Timmy and the staff will want to do something special for GA, Monkey Blood, number 26. Because there are going to be some maybe younger listeners who, uh, who won't have seen Gary Allen, you know, will have read about him. I mean, even myself, that was still, I was very young at the time. And, and so, like, my, my memories as far as, like, the visuals of Gary Allen are, are somewhat limited. But I've, I've, I've certainly been familiarized with his story and, and, and his ability 
ability. Um, but give us a sense of just how good this guy really was. Because when you talk about the pantheon of running backs at the, the University of Hawaii, there have been some really good ones. I mean, you're talking about Nufa Ola and Hikoti Fakava and, and Alex Green and Nate Ilawa. And does that conversation, when you talk about the great running backs at UH, does it start, in your opinion, with Gary Allen? Yeah, and I would love to hear your dad's opinion of Gary Allen because he would probably have broadcasted every game. Rick Blangiardi was the, you know, his play-by-play guy at that, excuse me, the color yeah. guy at that time. I'd love to hear his opinions. I've heard some quotes from Rick about number 26. But yeah, I, I do think it starts there. And the only reason I say that is not because he just passed away and, and trying to, you know, um, give him extra credit, but he was before his time. I don't. I can't remember a guy that returned kicks, punts. You know, when you look at career yardage, four years. You look at receiving out of the backfield, whatever else. You look at what a June Jones could have done with him at the slot or in the backfield. I look at the fact that he was so fast, so quick. And you mentioned that freshman year against USC. That was the game that Rich Miano was in the yellow section. At 50,000 people against USC, <laughs> watching them battle into the fourth quarter against all these All-Americans, and Gary Allen had over 100 yards. So it shows you that even against the big boys, yeah. that dude, you couldn't stop him. Yeah, I mean, because I think that's an interesting conversation, right? And, and we don't want to, to trivialize the, the loss of a, a great rainbow running back by talking about, like, rankings to give me your top five. But I think there's something to be said about, again, a, a program that has a pretty strong history at that position he might be and is likely, I think, for a lot of people, the guy who would be at the top of that stack. And I think the short list would certainly include Alex Green, include Nate Ilawa. We mentioned some others. Nufa Ola was a fantastic Jamal one. Jamal Farmer. Jamal Farmer, another tremendous Diossi, talent. Saint I mean, you could good. throw several in there, but I, I – I would think that maybe the vast majority, and if anybody wants to kind of share their thoughts here on this, feel free to call in or text in. The vast majority would put Gary Allen in that pole position. And, and it's way too early, but Tylen Hines is has similar characteristics and qualities to number 26. Yeah, almost, almost a similar frame, right? And, and we'll see, you know, it's, it's a four-year run, a five-year potential, whatever else. Gary did this over time, as you mentioned, as a freshman, as you mentioned, as a sophomore, as you mentioned career-wise. So to me, great. Greatness is not just about one year. It's about a career. And Gary arguably had one of the greatest careers in the history of the University of Hawaii football. And that was, the, to me, the golden era. Yeah. The Dick Tomey coming to national prominence. The 50,000 fans. The playing these, you know, big-time programs. And Gary Allen was the best player on that football team. And who knows, maybe this uh, new recruit who just gave his verbal commitment to the University of Hawaii, Devon Rice, from Bishop Gorman, another talent from a very high-profile program. Hawaii has established a bit of a pipeline now with Bishop Gorman. Devon Rice says he has accepted a scholarship offer for the class of 2024. And this is now a continuation of what has been a bit of a theme for Timmy Chang. They are scooping a little bit in regards to the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, not just with some Bishop Gorman guys, uh, not just with some other guys that may be transferring back in, but on the local front as well. The all-important backyard recruiting, uh, they have been pulling in some guys. And so what I want to sort of segue into as we go from talking about one of the all-time greats, and now we look forward to who's going to be the next, perhaps, all-time great. Will there be one? Uh, one or two or more of them in this class of 2024 that we are now highly anticipating. I do want to kind of get into this with you, Rich, uh, about what 
kind of job you think uh, this coaching staff is doing? Because, hey, look, this is going to be another year that I think will still piggyback on the whole notion of, like, this being a transition and a bit of a rebuild. Uh, and so they are going to have some some changes in philosophy and approach offensively. And, and I, I still think it'll be interesting to kind of see where you put the expectations for this team shouldn't be too overwhelming. I think we have to maintain a certain sense of realism here. But I think there is, when you look at this season and beyond, there is an upward trend that cannot be denied. And so I do want to get into that a little bit here with you uh, as we move on with the show. We are going to go ahead and uh, take a break. But uh, first, I just wanted to uh, remind everybody, stay cool this summer. Get the new Bosch Inverter Central air conditioning system that qualifies for up to a $1,000 Hawaii Energy rebate. Ask your contractor for the Bosch Inverter. Rich Miano is in the house. We'll get into a little bit more of the UH recruiting front. Oh, and we still got to talk about Allison Corpus. That's all coming up. Let's talk sports. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. My guest co-host for the day is our resident football guru, Rich Miano. We appreciate him uh, being here. Uh, and I appreciate you being uh, open to sharing uh, on your thoughts of the loss of Gary Allen, uh, who is still the all-time uh, rushing leader uh, for the University of Hawaii and passed away uh, just this past weekend at the age of 63. But it also segues, I think, as you look at the past, and, and we, we remember one of the all-time greats, it sort of segues into our discussion about the future and who the next uh, program great or greats will be. Uh, and obviously, fresh off of the news that Devon Rice, a speedy running back uh, who is uh, also perhaps built kind of like a Tylen Hines, kind of like a, a Gary Allen, where he can play both running back and slot back, very shifty in the open field, very dangerous, uh, and is the latest in what is becoming a pretty... Uh, um, uh, well-hyped and well-regarded uh, 2024 recruiting class for the University of Hawaii. In fact, when you look at several of the uh, recruiting uh, platforms uh, and websites, uh, they have Hawaii ranked in most cases as one of the top three recruiting classes for 2024. Now, a lot can change, obviously, and you have to re-recruit these guys and make sure that they sign the, the name to the paper. But that said, you've been observing some of this here over the course of the offseason, Rich. What has been your impression of the job that Timmy Chang and this coaching staff have done on the recruiting front. Yeah, kind of to piggyback off what you just said, Brandon Huffman from 24-7, I think, rated them as the third best recruiting uh team in the Mountain West Conference. And that, to me, he's knowledgeable. He's been around a long time. I don't think Hawaii's been in the top five in the last maybe decade or so. So Timmy Chang, Chris Brown, this football staff is doing a great job of getting local kids to stay home. We saw a plethora. We've seen four or five like in a two or three week period sign verbally commit to the University of Hawaii. Then we saw this run on UNL, uh, excuse me, Bishop Gorman from Las Vegas, which obviously Chris Brown, former coach there, Timmy was recruiting there in his past life and, and the relationships they have. Those guys are winners. Those guys are big time football players. This is an impressive get. 
considering you're selling Hawaii, you're selling this coaching staff, you're not selling facilities, you're not selling stadiums, you're not selling what other people have, and I, I think they've done a wonderful job thus far. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, especially when you think about Bishop Gorman, and obviously the, the, the connection that Chris Brown has uh, to this program, some other players that have uh, matriculated to the University of Hawaii from there, uh, and I think, you know, it's become a bit of a word-of-mouth thing, right? Like, hey, look, this coaching staff, they're in it for the right reasons. There seems to be, I think, real unity among the staff as far as the messaging and, and what the desired results are. You don't have a lot of fracturing within the staff, at least that we can perceive uh, from the outside looking in and, and, you know, even kind of sitting in the offices from time to time. It's like, wow, this, uh, there's a really good chemistry with this staff. And I think that matters. I think recruits are Akamai to some of that stuff, right? But in the case of some of these guys coming down from Bishop Gorman, whether it be Rice or Micah Alejado or whatever, like they're making a decision to go to a program whose current stadium is lower grade than their stadium at Bishop Gorman. I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, that is a, a better facility, even weight room and all of that stuff, you can argue is a better facility than what they are going to. And so uh, that begs the question. So what is it? What is the selling point? Is it what we're talking about with the message that this coaching staff has been able to, to put in front of these would-be recruits? Is it a, a, a word-of-mouth thing? Is it a vibe thing? Is it the, the brotherhood Polynesia connection? type of thing like what would your theory be as to what is actually selling this thing to these guys because you're right uh 24 7 sports has hawaii number three for the 2024 recruiting class at the moment and hawaii has not been in the 24 7 top three since joining the mountain west that's literally never happened and obviously there's still a lot of time to go but um that's substantial here when you talk about the direction of the program yeah and i'm going to draw parallels to the june jones staff with george lumpkin cal lee ron lee myself whatever else the love of hawaii of the coaching staff and not all of these guys are from Hawaii but you got Jacob um you S, uh, not SBL, Jacob Euro. You've got Chris Brown. You've got you know even some of the Polynesian coaches that love this culture. So and then it, it matriculates. It, it trickles down to who are these hosts? The hosts that are selling Hawaii are guys like Tylen Hines from Texas, Braden Shager from Texas, Peter Manuma from Ever Beach. You got these these players that love Timmy Chang and the staff. They love the state of Hawaii. They love they love the direction of this football program those are the guys that spend the 48 hours with these recruits so you're right it it it, it starts at the top and we all we all know timmy bleeds green and chris brown and some of these assistant coaches then it goes to the players that are selling this program and then it goes to the people on the outside of the community when these guys are down yeah, sandy yeah. beach they're in waikiki yeah. they see that there's a there's a love there's an inkling there's a spark there's there's all of this momentum to become great again and these players are happy and so that again players coach uh Coaches, uh, players are happy, and players want to get these guys to make them better, and it, it, it's a formula. Yeah, no, and I've said it before. I, I think the story of Timmy Chang is something that plays into this too, right? I mean, he is a, a local guy who was a very highly regarded recruit. He had opportunities out of St. Louis to go to Power 5 programs. He made the decision in 2000 off of that uh, incredible turnaround year uh, that you were a part of, year one of June Jones in 99, where you guys went uh, from 0-12 previously under Fred Von Oppen to a nine-win season, uh, and that really sparked the excitement, and Timmy was one of uh, the many prospects in that massive local recruiting class in 2000 to decide to stay home, and so he can tell that story, and I think those kinds of stories, those anecdotes are effective. You can actually tell a kid, hey, look, 
I could have gone. This. I could have gone anywhere. Yeah. I stayed here, and I wouldn't change a thing. It was yeah. the best decision I've ever made. I mean, he's said that, right? And so his ties to this place, they're genuine. And I think what we lose sight of sometimes is we, we, we treat the recruiting game sort of as a, this, this monolithic type of entity, right? Where it's just like, okay, it's very much like chess pieces on a board and this kid here and this kid here is rated this and rated that. But they're, these these. Uh, recruits now have been through this process like you, you talk about sort of generations over time now that they're on to these coaches when they have all of these offers and all of these would-be recruiters who are calling every minute of every day trying to pitch them something i think after a while they can build a bit of an understanding as to who's being real yes who's being genuine and who's just giving me lip service right and i think when you have a story like timmy a, a, a supporting staff that we have seen here the ties to this place I don't think that that message comes off as disingenuous at all. And I think, particularly on the circumstances where you don't have a lot in the, the shiny, you know, glitzy, glamorous type of facilities to, to, to put in front of people, um, that stuff matters most. And I think that that's seemingly what we're kind of seeing here is, is, is that impact of that narrative um, of like, okay, there's more to this. There's more to this than just, uh, you know, how many people in the stadium or, or you know, how uh, how big the locker room is. Yeah, and the blueprint was June Jones, Dick Tomey, Bob Wagner, Nick Rolovich. Guys that love Hawaii and understand that there are some drawbacks facility-wise, but there are some huge positives about going to school here, playing for the state's only school, you know, getting the, the notoriety and all the other things that comes with uh, playing football for the University of Hawaii. So I, I do think that's very important. And I think, you know, you it starts locally, right? And when you look at some of these kids, they're the next Corey Paredes. Mana Silva, Richard Torres, John Venaries, David Maevas, Mike Trustless. They may not be four or five star guys, but they got four or five football players in that in this recruiting class to go with. As you mentioned, when you are from a program like Bishop Gorman, where you, you're competing at, for national, mythical national championships, and you're also your winner, you're talented, you understand what it takes to win. I think that this has been a phenomenal get thus far. And as you mentioned, they still got to sign on the dotted line. You got to continue this momentum, and there's a big uh, signing, I think, on Tuesday. Michael Afaele's son, who's Ooh. one of the top recruits in Hawaii. You never know when that final four-star guy is going to commit on the dotted line, which will lead to a lot of other great local players staying home. And, and even some value, the fact that he has Power 5 programs and Hawaii yes. listed as finalists there that was uh, big. for his decision. Even just to have that presence listed. there, yes. uh, that can actually uh, serve as valuable for Hawaii. Uh, a couple other notes you were asking, uh, Gary Allen, where he stands on the all-purpose career yards uh, for the University of Hawaii. Uh, he is number two uh, all-time uh, under... Number one, Chad Owens Ooh, is the all-purpose you know yards leader. We didn't mention Chad as a running back because he wasn't that. He, no. But as an all-purpose all guy, guy, man, I, I still think it might be Colt and Chad. One, two in terms of the greatest most prolific, exciting players, and I've been around a long time. You've been around a long time, but that's G for sure. Gary Allen could be three. Yeah, yeah. Um, expectations for this upcoming season, though, because we're talking a oh, lot yeah. about 2024, yeah. and I, yeah. I did kind of want to at least touch base on this. Um you know, I, people I ask me all the time, I'm sure this happens to you everywhere you go, right? It's like, hey, how's the team going to be this year? Uh, well, how many wins? You think we're going to go to a bowl game? And I have to 
kind of just suggest, hey, look, I think it's a good idea to continue to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. This is a huge transition and rebuild that we were asking Timmy Chang and this staff to perform. There are reasons, I think, for us to be excited as to the direction that this is going, but it is a long game here. This isn't going to be, this is, this is a marathon, not a sprint, as they say, and I think that has to be maintained in terms of the perspective going into this upcoming season. No, good point. And when you look at this schedule, it's daunting early. And when you think, I've, you know, I've talked to June Jones, I've talked to some other head coaches, you would love to play a 1AA or a B, B, C, not BCS, uh, FBS, FBS team in or that FCS. early FCS, yeah. excuse me, in that early part of the season, especially game number one, number two. Instead, it's Vanderbilt, it's Oregon, <laughs> it's Stanford. I mean, so if they come out of that and they're not too beat up physically and mentally, and they are still one and three, I think they'll be very competitive in the Mountain West Conference. I think they've got an outstanding quarterback coming back who's going to get better. I think Peter Manuma is one of the most exciting defensive players I've seen in the last ten years or so, and I love Tylen Hines. They seem to have a really solid offensive line. They got some young receivers. I think will move the ball and score some points. I think if they just come out of there without being beat up and physically is just as important as mentally hanging in those games early, competing in those games, getting better and better for uh, Mountain Conference play, I think they'll be fine. But we have to be patient, especially not only with the rebuild, but with the first four games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do have Albany. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that that third game, uh, second home game, September 9th. But you're right. It's Vandy on the road. Stanford is the home opener. That's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, then after Albany, it is at Oregon. So, wow. yeah, that's a four-game stretch that does have the possibility of Hawaii getting at least one notched in the win column. But uh, how are you health-wise coming out of that stretch as you get ready for then uh, a home game against New Mexico State and then you jump into Mountain West? And, and, you know, going back the last 20 years and stuff, and we know why we play these big institutions early it's a money game they get it they have to get into conference play they want to get that win whatever you help it hope it's not a body bag game but I don't recall three teams of that caliber this early I've recalled a couple of there was two good games early with Pac-12 and some other games thrown in there like I, I forgot who some of the opponents were early in the season but to have three games I mean that's an SEC team that's on the rise they're not that good that's an Oregon team that has as much talent as anybody in the Pac-12 and then you got a Stanford team with a new coaching staff that's loading up on some players and I'm telling you what that's a good football program yeah and, and have a very established identity even with multiple head coaches if you're going to go back uh, to previous Shaw days alright we are going to uh, take a break Domino's Pizza of Hawaii is a supporter of Let's Talk Sports. If you order online or via the app, you can save up to 20% off on your order. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii, we deliver aloha. All right, we're going to dip into the bucket of questions with Rich Miano when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Resident football guru Rich Miano is in the house. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, all right. It's time to uh, dip into the bucket o topics slash questions. Haven't really dipped into the bucket for a little while, so uh, let's do that with my man Rich Miano here. And I know you're uh, very much looking forward to talking about this subject. What did you think of Allison Corpus winning the U.S.? U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach this weekend. Yeah, I thought it was one of the most exciting sports 
happenings in Hawaii in years. And the reason why I say that is not only am I a big fan of golf, but I'm a big fan of what Michelle Wee has done for the golf industry, for the young people of Hawaii, for just professional golf, for recreational golf in the state of Hawaii. And here you have another Punahou graduate at Pebble Beach, first American champion since 2016, to do it on the biggest stage in the world. I just thought... Man, that was the best sports happening in Hawaii. I, I can't. I don't even know what's on par with that recently. Yeah, no. It, it's it, what stood out to me is is just how unflappable she seemed to be, God. especially in that last round yesterday, where she just um, didn't show any real sign of being shaken. I mean, she was sticking pins uh, like throughout uh, the round, and and when you know, in in situations where you figure, okay, this twenty five year old who has never won, this is like you know a chance to make history. Happens to be the the farewell event for Michelle Wee, a fellow Punahou alum, and here you are now in position, started the day down a stroke, immediately birdied to tie, and it was like she was off and running from there. And for her to just be so cool and calm, under pressure, so seemingly stoic, and even with her enthusiasm uh, afterwards, you know, when she was smiling and in the post-tournament uh, uh, you know, press conference, there just seems to be such a calmness about her, and it is absolutely impressive, and it is, you and I uh, attempt to play golf, uh, and and we we understand just how frustrating that darn sport can be, and to be on that stage, on that course, and to be able to maintain this this calm composure, I think to me was the most impressive thing. Now, as an Ilani alum, I do have to say it pains me to admit. I tweeted this out. It pains me to admit uh, that you have now this this uh, incredible history with Michelle Wee having won a U.S. Women's Open to now Allison Corpus doing the same, basically ten years apart, and um, you know. That's an incredible and very, very cool achievement and feat. And uh, I give so much uh, ups and power to them uh, because it is just in, j just an awesome, awesome uh, accomplishment and uh, really does go to show. Uh, Punahou has put out some fine talent. I mean, when you look at some of the best of the best, right, and uh, and, and this uh, this tradition continues on now in Allison Corpus, who is just as impressive as they can be. And to do it in the farewell tournament for Michelle, I mean, that just, you couldn't have drawn it up any better. No, you can't. And you couldn't drop the fact that she is humble. She is intelligent. She is respectful. She is everything you teach young athletes to be. And you look at her resume in terms of academics and what she's graduated from at USC and what she's working on now. And she's got the whole package, man. And it just seems like, you know, it's, a, it's almost the eerily similar proposition than the prodigy of Michelle Wee. Not so much in terms of, although she broke Michelle's record in terms of the junior tournaments at early ages and all these other things going to USC. She has an impressive resume, but People did not expect this. And when she won, she was just uh, a typical Hawaii person that is just we're so proud of. No, you're right. That, that There is a difference there. And I'm not really sure exactly, you know, how to frame that. Uh, but there is a bit of a difference, I think, when you uh, talk about a, um, a a story like or a story arc uh, like Alison Corpus compared to, to Michelle Wee. It, it, it sort of uh, hits a little bit differently. But the fact that here's 
she is now as a major champion uh, in the sport of golf. Um, either way you slice it, it's just remarkable. All right, next question. Think she can play in the Sony Open next year? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle did at 14 and shot a 69.72. Uh, planting the seed. How about that? All right, uh, here's the next question. Are you a fan of the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby, which is going to take place here tonight? I think it's going to be 2 p.m. Hawaii time. Uh, but you have uh, the opportunity to uh, see Pete Alonso maybe win his third home run derby. You got some of the big home run hitters. Are you a fan of that as a football guy, Rishmiano? Yeah, I'm a fan, and I think it's a wonderful all-star kind of thing. But you wish there was Mike Trout. You wish there was Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. You wish there were some of these sluggers that are not in it. Even the young kid from uh, that's stealing all the bases and the exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz. I mean, there's some stars you know of of this sport that aren't involved in this and there's some guys that obviously hit a lot of home runs it's like like Pete Alonso so it should be good but it could be better but that's what happened to the dunk contest too right you you eventually didn't have the Michael Jordans and you didn't have the Kobe Bryants whatever else and these young kind of phenoms took over but I'd love to see some of those other guys in this yeah so but you 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 if you are there in front of your TV and you get a chance I don't know what your plans are this afternoon but you're watching this thing like if the if home run derby's on you're watching it yeah I am if it's on and I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this, but I'll guarantee you I'll get this on social media. I'll get this maybe on Sports Center tonight because it is exciting. Yeah, no, and it's right. I think the bracket is set up to where, if I'm not mistaken, Pete Alonso is going to be going up against Julio Rodriguez, who put on a show last year. And so that's a pretty huge first round matchup here uh, in this home run derby, uh, which will again get started, I believe, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Rich Miano, uh, our resident football <laughs> slash rugby slash home run derby guru, uh, is in the house. All right, next question. Victor Wembenyama made his uh, summer league in Vegas debut uh, in the NBA with the San Antonio. Antonio Spurs was a bit of a dud performance uh, on Friday in his debut, despite some, you know, major, major attention that was being put on this guy. They were selling like $200 tickets, general admission uh, to watch these summer league games, which used to just not be a thing at all. They used to play them like in these practice gyms and whatnot, uh, and even like some ballrooms. Uh, but this is a different story. A little bit of a dud performance, two for 13 on Friday, but he bounced back with a very strong performance, double-double performance, uh, 27 points last night. Um, they are announcing that they're going to sit him, him for the rest of the league. Uh, they just kind of wanted to showcase a little bit of that. I think they saw what they feel like they needed to see. Why risk injury? But Victor Wembanyama, based on what we've seen, big time or bust? Let's totally overreact to two NBA <laughs> summer league games. Big time or bust, Rich? You got to go big time, and you know it's packaged right. So you see these short clips of the athleticism, the length, the shooting ability, the touch, all the defensive prowess. You see all these things, and it, again, it's packaged. And you, and this is the greatest guy to come out since <laughs> they're talking Michael Jordan, or they're talking Kobe, or they're talking who, who lately, Shaq, or some of these phenoms that have come LeBron, out recently. Yeah. LeBron, exactly. LeBron more so uh, recently. But, God, if this guy continues in terms of his physicality and grows into that body of his with his athleticism, you got to figure he could be one of the greatest players ever, and it's a long way to go. In that first game, he looked like a deer in the headlights. He looked like a freaking baby giraffe. (laughs) But that second game showed some what he's all about and I think there's an incredible future even in that first game well first off let's talk about like the circumstances could not have been built more against him in that first game right previous two days he's having to answer questions about a controversy that occurred with a former 
pop Britney star, Sp- Britney yeah. Spears. Uh, and then you have the first game, or the game that preceded the Spurs game went long because uh, it's, you know, official reviews and all this stuff. So he's sitting there, the cameras are on him for like 10 extra minutes. He obviously must have been nervous, but I still think we saw glimpses of, of what the potential is there. His handle, his kind of freaky overall talent. Um, and then last night, I think we saw it even more like, okay, this is sort of what everybody was talking about, like a, a tip dunk to himself on a putback and and just some of, of the possibilities which the Spurs are going to have to figure out how to best uh, take advantage of his very freaky skill set. That's something that's going to have to come with time. And uh, Greg Popovich announcing that he's going to hang around for a handful of uh, more years. Five uh, years, it, 80 million. Amazing how a generational <laughs> talent can elongate your coaching career. But yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And I just think, yeah, uh, Wembenyama, be, calling him a big time or a bust after two NBA Summer League games doesn't make a lot of sense to no. begin with, regardless of how well or poorly he played. Uh, but I do think that, uh, barring injury, I'm leaning towards him being big time in some form. Like, worst case scenario, he's going to be one of the best shot blockers in the NBA. I think you could be talking about, and this is overtime, whatever else, he could be a phenom. He could be one of the greatest ever. That's the ceiling. Now, that's there's a long way to go. That's right. That's right. Well, beat the heat with Fujitsu air conditioning systems. Fujitsu includes a special trifecta warranty that will have you saying, do it with me, Rich. I love, love my, my Fujitsu. Fujitsu. Yeah. And now we got to get paid by Kaylee, <laughs> who gets uh, her, her rights to every that's time right. that's said. That's right. I believe every time we say it, though, um, we have uh, the right to uh, convince golf? Drew Santos to take us to golf. That's right. That's right, Drew. If you're listening, uh, Hawakale. We'll see you there. All right. uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, best and worst.